Welcome to MotivationAddict.com with Julie Salon. This is where you will find inspiring stories on how to motivate yourself and gain momentum towards success, turning fear into confidence, and how to find divine flow, allowing you to crush your goals. Thank you for being here. And now, let's tune in to today's show. Hello, everyone. Julie Salant from Motivation Addict. Today, my guest is Alana Kristova, self-care vigilante and founder of Field of Choices. Alana is a luminary and a guide inspiring leaders to shine while in service to others. Now fit, fabulous, and 50-plus despite illness, injury, and isolation, she is living proof that neuroplasticity is not just another beautiful scientific theory. It is her reality. On a bridge that connects Western medicine and Eastern practices, she celebrates living in the one body she will ever have. Alana cultivates compassion and laughter to manage time, energy, chronic pain, and life's ups and downs. Leaders, coaches, and entrepreneurs breathe, tap, and laugh with Alana to feel fantastic in your body. Flow, which is feel light, offering wisdom, and live your best life ever. She is the creator of the Tap into the Universe for Recovery book series and the Instant Gratitude Collection. Alana motivates audiences to move energy within the body to overcome self-sabotage with seven key ingredients for vibrancy, 26 self-care vigilante affirmations, and an attitude of gratitude. I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Alana is a personal friend of mine, and I know you will get a lot from this, so Happy listening. Hope you loved this episode as much as I did with Alana Kristova. Hey everyone, Julie Salon for Motivation Addict. I am super excited today. I have my very good friend, Alana Kristova. I met her at the New Media Summit. She is an amazing person and you're going to find out why. She actually has um, a couple of books out. As I said in my intro, she has The Birth of a Self-Care Vigilante and also Instant Gratitude. She is an amazing woman. She is a healer. She is a coach. She's a writer. She's done it all. So thank you and welcome, Alana. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Julie. What an intro. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. So you have done quite a few things, and I have a couple of questions here that I jotted down. So if you see me looking this way, that's why. Uh, let's just start out with maybe a little bit of background on how you came to be the self-care vigilante for those that don't know you. Hmm. How I came to be. Well, uh, if I can offer a few minutes of what I was like prior to becoming the self-care vigilante, uh, in a nutshell, I could say, picture me in bed moaning and groaning, chronic pain in my right leg. It moved into my left leg and into my right arm. My skin was so sensitive. Even my very satiny uh, sheets were rough on my skin. And a single bed sheet on top of my legs felt like a truck on my legs. So I was in incredible, incredible pain. Mm. And I never thought I was going to get out of it. In fact, I'm pretty sure my IQ dropped many, many points. I couldn't think clearly. That's, if anything I can offer right now is that if anyone is watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, you're in a lot of pain and it feels like it's never going to end. And the doctor visits and the pills and the physical therapy and the heating pads and massage, you know, everything you've tried so far, um, maybe you've received some temporary relief. Um, I really, it, it was a 24-7. It was pain 24-7. One night at three o'clock in the morning, I realized suddenly, and this was in 2000, 2008, I believe. So I had this injury in 2007 that led to my having this nerve disorder, a progressive nerve disorder called complex regional pain syndrome, CRPS. 
and it's better known as RSD, reflex sympathetic dystrophy. More nurses and doctors are familiar with that term, uh, but the medical term these days being used is complex regional pain syndrome. So I was diagnosed with CRPS in 2007, and that was on top of my having had my fibromyalgia for years, on top of allergies since I was born. I was not able to um, drink in my mother's milk. I refused my mother's milk. They didn't know I was allergic to cow milk at the time as an infant. So let's just say that I'm very fortunate to have all my 10 fingers, toes, my internal organs intact because I've been through, this body has been through a lot. So even prior to having this diagnosis, I've had many, many challenges and the laundry list is very long and it started way back when, uh, since I was born. I was born colicky, anemic, my mother told me just a couple of days ago, so this is like brand new news wow. for the world. Uh, I had not one but two blood transfusions as an infant, early wow. infant, as soon as I was born. So uh, my red blood cell count, you know, I was anemic, and the only vein that they could insert a needle to transfuse the blood was right here, you know, uh, my forehead and they had to do it twice two separate times they couldn't do it one uh, uh, one time and so I struggled I have struggled with many different things diagnoses symptoms and my attitude was <laughs> my attitude really was again are you serious are you serious are you serious are you kidding me and after I resolved one issue, another one hit, and another one hit, and another one hit. So from uh, diagnoses with depression, it was first mild depression, then it was a whole series of different forms of depression. A lot of people just lump together what depression is, but there are many different forms of depression, and, and I've been diagnosed numerous ones, and uh, offered all kinds of treatments but so there's a a brief snapshot mental physical you name it uh, the challenges and I got to the point where I was so determined to overcome all of this I was sick and tired of being sick and tired mm -hmm. so the term vigilante wasn't something that I concocted it came to me through meditation Wow. And it's, it's my resolution. It's my resolution. I was resolved to not give up. And right. when I say the words self-care vigilante, I'm holding my own feet to the fire, so to speak. It's not a very good expression, is it? It's not, <laughs> especially with what my feet have been through. I'm sorry, feet. <laughs> I'm holding myself accountable. There you go. <laughs> practicing self-care because I'm a rebel and I have this attitude of, oh God, what's good for me? It's not going to help anyway. It's not going to help. I've tried everything. It's not going to help. Mm -hmm. And I had to change that mindset. So talk to us a little bit about the shift that you had when you cut a deal with the universe and tell, tell the listeners. So from, from that background, everyone, she actually had more challenges um, and Alana, please let us know about that. And that, that night that you cut the deal with the universe, I think that's so pivotal and that might help some listeners if they're in pain right now. Well, thank you for asking that question. I just felt my body respond to that. So in addition to losing the use of my legs, I also lost the use of my both hands for short periods of time, come and go. And carpal tunnel flare-ups. You know, I was using the wheelchair, was using crutches, um, my walker, double canes through years, uh, a three to four year period. And the carpal tunnel flare-ups were just, 
they activated my migraine headaches as well. Oh. So when I talk about pain from head to toe, you're getting the picture now. But my true bottom was when I lost my voice. I started losing my voice around Thanksgiving of 2011. That was probably one of the greatest Thanksgiving gifts of desperation I've received. I started, I remember going to a family gathering and I could barely speak and it was pretty much downhill from there. And one night I rolled myself to the window in my living room, in my wheelchair, I rolled myself. When I looked out the window, it was dark. I don't remember recalling any moonlight per se, but I did look up at the stars and within myself, because I had lost my voice within myself. I, this is what I said to the universe. This is what I said to my creator, my God. I said, Hey, I mean, I'm, I've gotten used to, I've accepted learning to live without my legs. I've learned how to ask for help when I can't use my hands. But, you know, I, I have no idea how to live without my voice. No idea. I can't do it. I'm, I'm tired. But if you show me how, if you give me back my original voice, I promise not to take it for granted. I promise to carry whatever message you need me to say to the world. I promise to use my voice constructively and I promise to sing again. And I was promising a lot. I was yeah. promising a lot. And I was very desperate. And when I closed my eyes, after staring into the night sky, I closed my eyes. I heard this, you know, it wasn't an image, but I heard a collective series, I'm recalling it now, soft voices saying, we will bring you the right people to help you regain your voice. You will write four books in a series connected to the universe, tapping into the universe for recovery. You will write four books, but it's not about the paperback books. It's not about the books that people can read. It's about you will narrate these books. You will use your voice to narrate these books. And of course, my reaction was, yes, yes, please bring the people that can help me. Um, I really need them. At the same time, the idea of recording, narrating books that I would write was so far, it was beyond my imagination, beyond what I thought was reasonable within reach because being able to ask, verbally ask for water or for help, I was using my hand and paper pad all the time asking through, you know, writing. Wow. For what I needed. And um, so. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. For a second, because my, my body is really, I'm really grateful. I don't know if you can hear it, but that was quite a night. That was yeah. quite an experience. Yeah. And so. Um, and I've listened to, she has sent me a recording when I had a migraine. You sent me a recording and she does have a very clear, calm voice, just as your energy is very clear and calm, kind of like a lake. I always think of you just very calm and centered. And that did help me. And not a lot helps me when I'm in a migraine mode, because when you're in that mode, of course, you're so, you're in so much pain, you have to lay in a dark room. Um, but I really appreciated that. And, and that's what you were meant to do. That's part of what you were meant to do. And I would love it if you would share with the listeners maybe some tips that you have on how to change your mindset. Because when we're in pain, a lot of times you can't even think, right? You're thinking about the pain. So you've got to get out of the pain a little bit. But maybe what, maybe what tips could you give them to help them if they're in 
pain right now, or they just want to get out of a, you know, sucky situation with their body. Maybe something's not working correctly. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the number one thought that came to me while you were speaking, because I have actually uh, many things that I do when I'm in pain that help alleviate. And the first thing that popped into my mind was I speak lovingly to my body part that's in pain. And it's not easy to do. I acknowledge that. It is not easy to do that when I'm not thinking clearly because I'm hurting. But I verbally say to my leg, I love you, leg. I love you, my toes. I love you, my foot. I am so sorry you're in pain. There's an ancient Hawaiian prayer called Ho'oponopono. And it's a prayer of reconciliation. And in simple language for me, in baby speak, because I, I do a lot of baby talking with myself, and I think that's very loving. So for those who are in pain, if you allow yourself, if you give yourself permission to speak to yourself gently in baby speak, ah, toes, I... I'm so sorry you're hurting. Ankle, I'm so sorry you're hurting. My knee, I'm so sorry you're hurting right now. Please forgive me for overusing you. Please forgive me for having ignored you. Please forgive me for neglecting you, not offering you tender, loving care. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you now. And I love you. I love you, my knee. I love you, my calf muscle that is having challenges, um, spasming right now. And thank you. So the series of I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. That's the Ho'oponopono prayer. And you don't have to do that in order. You can say those words in any order. Just include the the sentiment, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. Mm -hmm. And I add the additional verbiage, of course, and you can name your part of your body. And will that make everything disappear? Will all the pain disappear? I'm not promising that. But what I am saying is that in my experience, that when I speak with compassion to parts of my body, including my internal organs, you know, sometimes I won't digest my food very well and I will feel it. And so what I'll do is what I'm doing right now. Here's another tip. Whether you're lying in bed or sitting at a computer or in a chair, think of your spine as a long string of beautiful pearls. And did you see how I just sat up? When I mm -hmm. think of my spine, I, I am thinking and I'm vocalizing my spine is this beautiful, long string of pearls. It's a string of pearls that are lovely. And for whatever challenges my string of pearls have experienced, my nervous system that's on fire, that's, you know, just reacting and going, you know, in the flight or fight mode of hey, oh my goodness, we're panicking here. We're, we're in pain. We need to triage this. And so I immediately go to, all right, I'm honoring you, my nervous system. I'm honoring you, my spine. I'm honoring all the fluid in my spine that needs to flow. It's having challenges flowing, you know, and, and, and I'm centering my focus on my spine so that the healing can happen, the flow can happen. So those are a couple of things I hope that might help. Yes, thank you. There's something to that. I truly believe that we were brought here to heal ourselves, maybe not completely, but at least partially. And maybe it is complete. I don't know. I haven't experienced complete, but I've experienced partial. 
And I spoke to a shaman once and I always had a lot of back pain for over 20 years because I had a bad fall from a horse. I've herniated discs. It's kind of a mess that back there. They won't operate. I don't want them to. And I was having an episode and I called her crying and she took me through an exercise similar to what you're saying. And I had never done that. Now, I should preface this with, for most of us women, and I'm sure women listeners out there, we've been brought up to speak very bad, very horribly to ourselves and our bodies about how smart we are, about how we hate our bodies, we're not thin enough, we're not tall enough, we're not whatever the case may be. And your brain is so strong and so powerful that you can affect things with your thoughts. We know this to be true. It's been backed by science. It's not woo-woo. But the exercise that she took me through, I had never done before, which is kind of what you just described. And you know what? It actually healed me. I mean, I thought it was a little bit like, I'm pretty woo-woo. And I thought, oh boy, this is not going to work. You know what? When you do start to think of yourself lovingly, this is a part of me. I want to heal this. Let me send. I actually think of sending it love and guidance and happiness. It actually helped. So I completely understand. I mean, I'm talking to you and it's almost unbelievable to me because you were in a wheelchair. I can't imagine you in a wheelchair because you're so like vivacious and, and uh, talkative and, and fun and lovely and you know, to not have that, I just, it's hard to imagine. So there's got to be something to this. I mean, it worked for you, right? I mean, you, you, you healed yourself in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, I'd like to, there are two things that came to mind when you were speaking. One, I am on this journey. I'm, I'm on a bridge that connects traditional Western medicine to Eastern practices. And all along this bridge are many people who are, they've given me hope. Now, there are many modalities for healing. And I've been able to, thankfully, you know, it's this attitude of gratitude and this, this gift of, of desperation that I've had, I've had to really use tools all along the spectrum. And I've not closed the door on any modality, any thought for healing. And the big thing for me, and I'm grateful that you had this beautiful experience with that exercise and that you're able to function and ride again. That's yes. Victory, right? It's huge, huge, life-changing. Life-changing. And so the, there are many modalities. And when people ask me, Ilana, Come on, give me one thing, you know, tell me one thing. Where do I start to look like you and feel like you and move like you? I say, well, you know, I honestly, I cannot tell you what works for you. I cannot tell you what will work for you because that's between you and your creator, mm -hmm. the spirit that lovingly put you on this planet to give you a journey and remember that whatever ailment uh, pops up, it's not a punishment. It's not, oh, you know, I'm, I'm being punished on this planet. It is, I'm giving an opportunity to reconnect with my body and heal emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and physically, all in all areas. And so the number one thing that I do say to people is listen to your body, listen to your body and embrace what it's telling you. Even if you don't like what your body is telling you, right? Even right. if you think it's a new, if you're hungry, here's a great example. If you're hungry, none of this, oh, come on, you can tough it out. Right, right. Yeah. Look at this to-do list. You can top it out, stick <laughs> it out. You know, or you need the bathroom, or right. I need the bathroom. Come on, I have muscle control. Right. I can blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. That's that's not listening and embracing my body. Right. Okay. So that's a starting point. Listen, embrace, and you know the principle behind. The, uh, the first key ingredient to vibrancy is honesty. 
being brutally honest with yourself in what the diagnosis is, not saying, oh, obviously the doctor's wrong. Hey, you might want to get second or third opinions, right? Yes. I think it would be a no-brainer, but when we're in pain, the thought of going to yet another doctor that will probably, here's, here's the old mindset, probably offer me nothing anyway. Right. Probably just push pills anyway. Probably this, then. But you don't know. And you don't know what's going to happen from that conversation, whether it's on the phone with a doctor before you go to meet that doctor or holistic practitioner or massage therapist, what have you. Explore. You have more options than you think. Right. And as you found out, you have more options than you, that you thought. Definitely. Yeah. And I've been to a lot of doctors. A lot of doctors. And I got the same response time and time again, but that was different. That was something that was different. I mean, you you write and you speak. You get people off their butts and in workshops. You have a daily self-care regime that I would love to know more about that. How do you set up your day to be successful and to feel your best so that you put that amazing energy and essence into what you do and give to your clients? I do everything that I don't want to do. (laughs) Does that answer your question? Yes. (laughs) Um, So I am extremely rebellious. I am extremely rebellious. Um, In fact, as you know, I'm a tapping practitioner, which means I really believe that tapping on various meridian points, even though I look like, you know, the monkey see monkey do thing or whatever. Um, it looks funny, but it really does help me. And so by starting with the karate chop point, which is you've maybe seen some people do this or this, uh, but I do this. Um, and, and it doesn't matter. It could be angled like this. And I don't know if that, yeah. So if that might help. Yep. And basically what people, uh, many people don't know is um, whether it's EFT, emotional freedom technique, or pro-EFT, progressive energy field tapping, when we tap here between this joint and this joint, this is the, we are giving kind of like a mini CPR, a little boost to our small intestine. Oh, wow. So we don't often think about our small intestine. And by doing this, and I do this, this is bilateral tapping. Um, most of the meridian points that I cover, I do it two-handed, both sides of the body. In some cases, it's one-handed. However, I am very intentionally focused on balance. What I take care of on one side of the body, I take care of on the other side of the body. Mm-hmm. So I was trained by Lindsay Kenny, pro-EFT practitioner, founder of the EFT Institute, pro-EFT Institute. And this neutralizes stuck energy, energy that may be reversed in the body. And to give people an idea of energy flow in the body, you've all seen water go down a sink like you filled a bathroom sink or a kitchen sink of water, Mm -hmm. filled with water. And when you unplug it, the water will drain in a certain direction. There's no way. I mean, you can try to stop it and manipulate it, but the water will not drain in the other direction. It will drain in one direction. And if you're in the Northern hemisphere, it'll drain a certain way. And if you're in the Southern beneath the equator, below the equator, it'll drain another direction. So the bottom line is that energy flows in a particular direction, a healthy, nourishing, regenerating direction in our bodies, okay? And sometimes when we're waking up on the wrong side of the bed, so to speak, or we haven't rested well enough, energy will be scrambled and it will flow in the wrong direction in a certain part of your body or the entire body and by neutralizing neutralizing Hmm. 
that instability, I get to do something that's almost a no-brainer, right? Right. I'm not even talking. Right. I'm not even using words. Yeah. I'm just doing this for 20 seconds. Take a deep breath in. <sighs> Exhale. Take a drink of water. And this is, this is what I do also. In this culture, we reach for the coffee pot in the morning. I do not. I go to my water kettle and I boil water and I drink hot water hmm. from the very start. And so with this kind of like, I use the description of washing dishes. Mm -hmm. I'm tapping. It's like scrubbing dirty dishes. Mm -hmm. And after scrubbing dirty dishes, what do we do? We rinse it. We put it under the faucet and we rinse the sides right. and we rinse all the caca and, uh, before we put the plate in the dish rack. Right. And so why not rinse your internal system, your internal organs? So I'm flushing. Yeah. Yeah. After a massage. It. Yeah, exactly. Right. After a massage, after uh, manipulation of your muscle tissues and loosening things up, you want to rinse the caca after tapping, just even only the uh, karate chop point, rinse the caca, and there you go. See how you move forward. So you do that every morning. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I have to get rid of. I have to get rid of my rebellious energy. <laughs> I mean, I do you do it multiple times a day or just once? Just once in the oh, morning. No, I have. <laughs> <laughs> One might say. If you're a pro EFT practitioner, how come you're not able to uh, cure your inner rebel? Now, I talk about inner rebel a lot in my work. Uh, I have an inner rebel. I have an inner saboteur. And I've learned to embrace my inner rebel, embrace my inner saboteur. I'm not trying to eradicate or dissolve or get rid of the part of me that is the rebel. I mm -hmm. stopped doing that because it didn't work. How many times I sabotaged myself and I tried to like scold myself. Right. How many, how many times you've. Yeah. Millions, millions. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't really work. work. No. Just so it doesn't work. Thing. No. Right. So what I've begun to do is, uh, you know, this tapping and the combination of, scrubbing and stabilizing, neutralizing negative energy flow, releasing the traffic jams yes. that might be happening in my body and then yes. rinsing with warm to hot water. Don't make it scalding hot because you don't need to do that to yourself. <laughs> you don't want to hurt yourself. <laughs> right. Cause then, then I beat myself up for, you know, burning my tongue or whatever. And I don't need to do that. So that leads to the discussion of uh, back to words and thoughts. A lot of times, you know, in this culture, we say, hold your thoughts, be careful what you say. Mm -hmm. And I say, be mindful of your thoughts because your thoughts can broadcast negative energy, unhealthy energy, destructive energy. Your thoughts can broadcast healing energy, positive energy, compassionate energy as well. Yeah, 100%. Hundred yeah. percent, very easily. And sometimes I think it's unconscious that a lot of people have this ticker tape running through their head, and they don't realize what it's saying. So I think the first one of the first steps is to realize what it's saying. And when you catch it, don't reprimand yourself and judge yourself. Like, I can't believe I did that. That's so stupid. Don't do that. Just acknowledge it, let right. it pass, and then put in something in place to make it better and more positive. Right. Because there, there are, there's so much to this positive thoughts, positive rituals are, are amazing. And everybody needs a, a ritual in the morning. I truly believe that. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. There are many, many rituals, but whichever one works for you. But the beauty of what you're doing is that you can do it anywhere. I mean, you know, this doesn't mm -hmm. take any time. I can do this right now. I can do it anywhere. And I can do it, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I can just do this. So I think that that 
is all just a great way to get everything flowing. And then you let that positive energy that if you're, if you want the positive energy to come in, you have to have a place for it to go. And if you're stuck in certain chakras or points in your body, it's not going to work. So I love that. Absolutely. I love that. Tell us what you have in store. Cause I know we talked about this one-on-one, but I would love for you to explain Sedona to my listeners and a little bit about how that might inspire them. Oh, Sedona. Yeah, I could talk about that. For I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll connect what you just said uh, with my, my vision for Sedona. My vision for Sedona, my vision for myself in Sedona, my vision for anyone who cares to join me in Sedona in 2020 next year. So what you were talking about starting off the day, you know, clearing so that you can bring in, receive, letting go so you can receive. This attitude of gratitude that I use and I challenge myself every morning and I challenge my listeners, I challenge my tribe to, if something comes up of a negative thought, a negative experience, um, an unpleasant, uncomfortable circumstance or situation, I challenge you to transform something that you perceive as awful Mm. into something awesome. Yes. And that is, you know, going into the self-care vigilante mindset that is taking action with the attitude of gratitude, not just having an attitude. So I was talking about how I challenge myself from morning till night. If I am uncomfortable with any of my own thoughts, my words, any situation that I'm in, I switch into this attitude of gratitude. No more groaning, right? No more whining. The expressions that I use are, uh, I move from groaning to glowing. Yes, I love and that. I go, for, yeah, I go from whining to winning. Yes. And so self-care for me is not just about, okay, I got to get out of pain. Okay, I want my brains back. Thank you. Um, what I discovered was I needed something more than, I, went, I needed a big reward. I needed a big reward beyond being able to use my voice, beyond being able to be of service, beyond being able to use my hands on a regular basis now. Mind you, I do a lot. I use a lot, many modalities. I use many modalities on a daily basis to maintain my chronic pain and uh, to function at a higher level. And it's getting better and better. And I have days where I have setbacks but what I've learned through Sedona, my experiences in Sedona, Arizona, while walking and gently hiking, it's taken me quite a few trips to Sedona to get to the point where I am now. Uh, initially, a few years ago, I started walking among the red rock of the national park and I felt the energy and I, you know, I've had some woo-woo experiences in my writings and in my interviews, I talk about some of my woo-woo experiences, but here it was, everyone had told me that Sedona was beautiful. Everyone had told me that it's a magical place. Everyone told me that I needed to go there. And I really felt that Sedona was for other people. They get to go. I don't. This is the part of my story that I don't often talk about. So my inner rebel was saying actively to me, these beautiful places, those are for other people. They get to go, and I don't. They have the financial resources. I don't. They have the bodies to do it. I don't. They have people to help them get there. I don't. And... I recognized all that negative self-talk and I really activated my self-care vigilante mindset 
and brought in, yes, I can. And long story short, through my struggles with, no, I can't go to nice places like that. I can't have wonderful, magical experiences like that. I've been going twice a year now. And about a year ago, I was climbing a rock. Yes, climbing a rock. Okay. I wow. was hugging a rock. I, wow. was, I pressed my body on this rock so that I could go higher. and was inching my way up. And I heard this voice, actually kind of a series of voices, similar to a, a muffle of collective voices saying to me, bring them here. And I looked around. I did. I, I, I didn't see. There were, no one else was near me. And I said, bring who here? This is my personal sanctuary. You know, this has been my personal journey of allowing Sedona to heal my body and take my body to the next level. And I'm not sharing this with anyone. <laughs> this is yeah. my turn, you know, the yeah. my turn. <laughs> and I didn't want to invite that idea. And I didn't want to invite anyone to join me. But then I looked over and I saw smoke, like almost the classic Indian TP smoke signal stuff. Yeah. It wasn't a teepee, but you get the picture. I saw smoke and it wasn't a fire. There was no fire. Well, there was a fire because the smoke came out. But I saw what I understood as smoke signals. And I could not refuse. So when I got back home to California, I began to meditate and ask regarding my experience. And the response was, bring people who were in situations like you, who, well, maybe they've been to Sedona, or maybe they haven't been to Sedona, but let them experience Sedona through your eyes. Mm -hmm. Let them go to the mother vortex, the feminine energy, the cathedral rock with you. Let them go to bell rock, the masculine vortex, the father rock. I call the bell rock, the father rock, and I call cathedral mother. So I have mother and father and let them have their own experience, but alongside with you. And Help them prepare financially, emotionally, physically with their families. Help them grant themselves permission to say yes to coming to Sedona to be with you for hiking, hula hooping, and helping ourselves while helping others. Mm-hmm. And some of these people are athletes who've been injured. Some of these people are coaches who have chronic ailments and chronic pain and they want to continue coaching people whether it's in the field of sports athletics or life coaches and they want to be able to offer more mm-hmm. to their tribes yep and so i'm i'm offering people to join me in 2020 september of 2020 in sedona arizona and that's so little by little, I'm building that. That's amazing. And uh, you just got back from there and you had such an amazing time. And uh, I just felt like your whole spirit and your energy just changed and went back to maybe it's a, almost a resetting of your energy, right? From, you know, we all go through life and there are things that are difficult that happen and we do our best to clear, but sometimes you need more than the normal ritual. You need to go away and experience something different. And with that, where there's all that amazing energy with the rocks and just kind of your sanctuary, I just felt like that's a really great place for you to reset and how awesome it is for you to help other people now reset and enjoy what you've enjoyed. Because I just, it's your special place. So I think that's just the coolest thing. 
It's so cool. I've never been there, so I got to get there someday because the pictures are amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So I can only imagine what it's like in real life and because pictures probably don't do it any justice. No, no, they don't. They don't. Probably not. Probably not. You have done some incredible things. Uh, what's next for you besides Sedona? Are you going to be writing a little bit more or what are your thoughts in terms of the ne- the rest of this year that you've got planned? <laughs> well, I'm laughing because, uh, it doesn't matter what I plan. The universe usually <laughs> has a different idea. There's an expression, you know, I entertain God, God laughs. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so here's what I'm thinking. I have been working on the audiobook for Birth of a Self Care Vigilante. I've recorded everything, every page, every word. And now I'm in post production and putting the whole thing together. So that's an ongoing project that is still alive. And as you heard part of, yeah, I sent you the introduction. I think it was yes. the introduction to the book that yes. your migraine headaches. Yes. yes. Because when I started writing the very first draft of that manuscript, I wore sunglasses because the computer monitor was too bright. I could not handle any light coming into my eyes wow and so i've come a long way since yeah then. so um my plans are to release finish the post-production work and release that audiobook i am writing volume two of instant gratitude 365 days of grace ease and laughter uh so that's awesome the, these are you know posters of my book covers. Um, so that's volume one and I'm working on volume two and that will come out before Christmas. Awesome. So what people get to do and what's today? Today is, can I date myself here? Yeah. Okay. So on the day of recording, we are April 23rd and here's what the inside of this book looks like. Oh, cool. So I share my gratitude I'm grateful that when I focus on breathing deeply in all my actions, into all my actions, these moment-by-moment victories dissolve my fear of success. Woohoo! God rocks. Nice, nice. (laughs) So that's what I wrote. So people can diagram, doodle, list their um, gratitude expression, they can list their action items, three top priorities for the day, what have you. Um, it's a workbook, essentially. Turn my book into your book. So when you, because uh, I sent you copies, I'm glad yes. you received them. Yes. So as you go through this book, turn it into your book. Yeah. Actually. I will. Yeah. I will. That's the fun of it. I love workbooks, and I think that you know, we're all going through different things. So I think that that's a nice grounding. It kind of keeps me on the right track and then I can make it mine. I can doodle a little bit. I can write a little bit and, you know, kind of build each day, build on it a little bit, but at the same time, it can be standalone day. It doesn't have to be a big project. So either way, I've got the choice either way. That's what I like about it. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's fun. I'm so excited. Yeah. You have done so much and I really am thrilled that I met you because I just feel like you're just amazing. I mean, I know that other people say that, but from where you were and where you are now and being so vibrant, and it's pretty cool also that you took your personal place, Sedona, and now you're making it, it's going to be everybody's place. But that's pretty cool because, you know, your tribe's going to know and they're going to feel what you felt. And that's a big gift. That's a big, big yeah. gift to give to somebody, right? If you think about it that way. So they can take yeah. that gift and then they can bring it to others. Yes. I don't know that they're going to feel or that you're going to feel what I have felt in Sedona. So I'm not guaranteeing that. However, when I give myself permission to do things like this and you give yourself permission to go to places like this, there are so many blessings just waiting to happen and you don't have to 
go to a place. Here's, here's the, the key here in my message to you today. It's not about necessarily, okay, it's nice to have something to look forward to. Wow, going to a beautiful place because you've seen these pictures and everything. Julie, what we have right now is the most precious. What we have in the present moment is most precious. And for whatever tightness in our bodies or, or stress or pain we have from daily life, we have a sanctuary within ourselves right here, right now. And we can connect through our spiritual umbilical cord to the universe. We have our spirit within our bodies. We can connect. It's, it's actually, I, I connect with the universe through a spot called Dantian, and some people call it the Hora. It is two inches below the belly button, two inches deep in, and it's the gut, gut intuition. Oh, oh. And envision this umbilical cord from your gut into the universe, into the sky, into the planets, and connect. Wow. And so I breathe deeply, right? Using my diaphragm to breathe yep. deeply. Yep. And I release. So um, you can bring Sedona to you at any moment. As I bring Sedona into me, we can vibrate within our bodies, you know, higher vibrational frequencies. You may have heard that term. We can vibrate these positive images and ideas every single day. And it's a matter of consciously granting ourselves permission mm -hmm. to receive, mm -hmm. to enjoy it, yeah, and to shine in it. Yeah, and choose it. Choose to shine in the light because you that's your choice. You okay. are a free-willed being, and you can decide to stay stuck or you can decide to give yourself permission to move towards the light. There are guides around you. There is help out there. You are connected. You just have to practice yes. and understand that it's there. And let's talk about practice because I don't want to let you go before we talk about practice because I always say this and I know, I know I'm not the only one, but I always say it's like a muscle. Like let's just take gratitude. So gratitude's been proven by science to be the number one thing that you can do quickly to raise your vibration. And as we know, everything you radiate out comes back to you and re the world responds accordingly to what you radiate out. So when we talk about that, it can't be a one-off. It can't be a, I did it today and I'm not going to ignore it the rest of the year. It ha And I do this several, I have to do it several times a day, as much as possible, really, because it just keeps you in that high vibrational I'm so grateful for today. I, I'm so grateful for breathing. I'm so grateful for my house. I'm, it, can't, it doesn't have to be big things. It can be small things. But talk a little bit, if you would, about the practice of it kind of being like a muscle, because I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. Well, you had asked me earlier if I just do the tapping and drinking, you know, warm, hot water in the morning, and then that's it. And the answer is no, I actually replenish throughout the day because I experience things throughout the day. Never mind the outside world. It's just <laughs> within my own head. Right. You know, the mind between my ears can chatter and <laughs> it's like the AM station that gets staticky and I can't really hear myself think clearly sometimes. So, you know, doing this, practicing... So as much as my, because I have a long history of having a negative attitude, um, as much practice as my brain has had neuroconditioning, the wrinkles in my brain, let's just get a little graphic here. The wrinkles that I choose to create in my brain today is different than the wrinkles that I have subconsciously and consciously created in the past. So this flexing of muscle, practicing, all goes back to neuroplasticity. And it's a big scientific word. Um, I've often shared that neuroplasticity is not just another beautiful scientific theory. It's my reality in, 
normal speak in baby talk that I allow myself, I'm retraining my brain. Mm -hmm. I'm creating a new brain Mm -hmm. and I'm choosing to create a new brain. So is it about that P word practice? I don't use that word with myself. I do use the word practice, but it has negative connotations for me because when I was young, my piano and violin teachers were always saying, practice, practice, practice. And my mom was always saying, practice, practice, practice. And it just made me want to throw up. Yeah. So I don't use that word. I acknowledge that doesn't work for me. But what works for me is I'm creating a new brain. I'm creating a new body. Mm-hmm. I am creating new thoughts all through the day. Mm-hmm. And Yes, and I do challenge myself from morning till night. If there's something that's unpleasant, or maybe it is pleasant, maybe it's not pleasant, maybe it's just the lenses that I'm looking through yeah. that makes it feel like an unpleasant experience. Yeah. Boom. Where's my attitude of gratitude? Whip it out. Mm-hmm. Right there. How do I transform that thought? I look for Hey, is this trite, maybe, looking for the silver lining in every situation? But it has helped. Tremendously, I'm sure. Tremendously. Every diagnosis I've ever received, I could say, poor me. Oh, that's my life story. Another diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Or I could say, wow, that's another gift to explore who I am, because obviously I don't know who I am yet. And, And I... This is my opportunity to explore further right. and discover why I'm still here on this planet, why I am able to walk and speak again and use my body. And whenever I have a flare up, thank you. Thank you, universe. You obviously want my attention for something. And I wasn't sitting still long enough and I wasn't quiet enough because I was doing this and I was busy doing, I wasn't, yeah, busy doing my to do list. It's time to just relax and be. And be. And be okay. And slow down a little bit. Yeah. I totally get it. Or a lot. Or a lot. Or a lot. (laughs) So that's what happens. Sometimes life will give you um, speed balls that, you know, you need to, you need to acknowledge that you need to slow down and you need to understand that there's a lot that you need to focus on instead of letting it go. And so be mindful, be present and be be centered is probably the biggest gift you can give yourself as a starting point from what you've said. And I truly believe that as well, because then you won't miss things. If you're present, hundred percent present, you know, you're not thinking about yesterday. You're not thinking about tomorrow. You're here right now, hundred percent. And then you're not going to miss the little gems that you're supposed to pick up along the way. So you won't have to redo the lesson over and over and over. So that's amazing. So Thank you so much for being here. Now, where can people find you? What's the best place to reach you? Well, if people would like to type in instant gratitude now, I-N-S-T-A-N-T-G-R-A-T-I-T-U-D-E-N-O-W. Yes, yes. Dot com. You can find me. I have a page where you can actually receive a free ebook version of Instant Gratitude 365 Days of Grace, Ease, and Laughter. It's filled with self care tips and techniques. It's filled with all kinds of uh, slogans that I've included. And it even has an index where actually the ebook. Um, well, the paperback has the index. The ebook is a lot easier. You can flip to, you know, search the word that awesome. you need help with, whether it's self-care for mind, body, spirit, or wallet. Yes, Perfect. wallet. Because prosperity consciousness is very important to healing. Prosperity consciousness is very, very important to healing the mind, body, spirit, and wallet. And so instantgratitudenow.com. Okay. Get a copy of this. And then there are links to other things that you can explore, including information about my retreat in Sedona, Arizona. 
Yes. So there's a good starting point. Yes. Yes. So I'll have all the links down below. So everybody, please go to her, her site because she's got some amazing things going and check out Sedona too, because you know, it's going to be here before you know it. And I think it's going to be an amazing time. So you've got so much to give and, and I'm sure you're going to keep us posted if you're doing any speaking or you're taking, uh, are you open for coaching as well right now? Uh, currently, yeah, currently okay. I am taking athletes and coaches, athletes and coaches I'm taking right now. Okay. Um, I'm helping people overcome their inner rebels and any self-sabotage that keeps them from performing at their peak level. And when I talk about coaches, I'm also referring to people who need to perform, not only in, in the field, but um, or in the courts, but on stage, bringing your best body and voice forward. Uh, feeling fantastic from the inside out, paying attention to your internal organs, keeping the flow going, It'll just flow from inside to outside. So when they talk about healing as an inside job, it really is because when we're feeling fantastic on the inside, it shows on the outside. And then when you're speaking with people and you have lots of energy and it's not because of caffeine or nicotine or any other substance. Wow. That's amazing. It's yeah, all, everything happens from the inside, everything yes. inside out, heal inside. And then, and then it's also going to spread to other people too, because it's just the way it works. Your mindset and what you think, your thoughts, and then healing from the inside out, that's the key. That's the key. Thank you so much, Alana Christova. I love you. You know I, I do. <laughs> Thank you for being here today. Thank, Thank you, you for Julie. these gems. I will have all the links listed below for everyone, and we will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you.